coming up next on Contemplate. You probably can't tell, but uh, I don't run a lot. <laughs> but I have run some in the past, believe it or not. And when I decide to run a certain distance, sometimes I start running, and somewhere in the, in the course of that run, I start to think to myself, maybe I'd like to run a shorter distance than the distance that I set out to run. Maybe I'd like to do a little bit less, not go all the way as far as I said I wanted to run. And that starts to sort of creep in. Maybe I should slow down. Maybe I should stop. Let's walk for a while, whatever it is. But I've committed to myself to run that distance. And I know that if I finish, I'm going to be glad that I finished well and I push through that difficult part. That difficult part of that run. For those of you who have done a lot of running, you know that feeling I'm talking about where you want to stop, but you know that you've committed to run a certain distance and you'll be glad that you finished well. That is what we must do as believers. We must not believe that no suffering will come because it will. But we must be committed to finishing the race because of the prize that's before us in Jesus Christ our King. Welcome to Contemplate, a Bible teaching ministry of Pastor David Robinson and brought to you by Acts Church in Vancouver, Washington. We've been studying 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, where Paul was so relieved to find out that the church in Thessalonica had remained strong in their faith despite the persecution and suffering they faced. And there's a lot in this for us today, so let's dive in. Here's Pastor David. It's easy to see that we care about the things that are unseen. Even the unbeliever cares about the things that are unseen, not the things that are seen. And when we say, listen, this suffering, this light affliction for maybe 80 years is building up for you this exceeding weight of glory for eternity you got to understand that. you got to lean into that. you got to press into that. you got to understand what that's about because that is the real deal. That is something amazing. It's not just something that you get in heaven. Let me be clear about something. There's a lot of people who are sky gazers. It's all about heaven. You know, like the disciples standing there looking at Jesus go up. Uh, yeah. Mouth breathing, right? <sighs> sky gazing. It's all about heaven. That's all I care about, whatever. And so I'm not saying that. Listen. Right now, you can start to sense and feel that eternal weight of glory that's happening. Right now, you can experience the kind of joy that comes when you go through the suffering. This is not a defeatist message. I'm simply telling you the truth that there's pain involved in anything powerful. And there's pain involved in this. Not because Jesus couldn't keep you from pain. You can get saved and he can be like, Zoop, take you right now. But he kept you here, and he allows you to go through pain just like you who are good parents have allowed your children to go through pain or even caused it for them. Right? My wife has taught school at some tough places. One of the places she taught was way out in the mountains of East Tennessee, or Tennessee, as they say. And yes, whatever image comes to your mind when you think about the remote mountains of East Tennessee is probably correct. That's what it was like. We're talking an hour of driving over this windy mountain that she had to go. This was so windy that even when I was driving, it would make me sick. And I like roller coasters. So it was bad. Every day, she'd go do this out to this very poor community that didn't care about education. 
It was, it was an incredibly difficult place that she would go there and she would pour herself out for these students. Just pour herself out trying to teach them the one thing they did not want to learn, math. Okay? That laugh should say it all, right? Not many of us are like, math, yay! Why do you think we created cell phones? Like the first thing that went on cell phones, like calculator, right? They told us we wouldn't have a calculator everywhere we went. We do, math teacher. I remember the little watch that had the calculator so small. Now it's like, and I use it all the time. I know you do too, so. Math, right? They don't want to learn that, but that's not really what she was there to teach them. Not for my wife. That's not really what she was there to teach them. She was there to teach them what the love of Jesus Christ looks like. And she poured herself out for it. And I cannot express to you the suffering that was involved in that calling for her. Because it was pretty intense. And I also cannot express to you the joy, the joy of seeing some of those students respond to the love of Jesus Christ that Tiffany was showing to them. The ones that still get a hold of her today. The ones that still say, you're the one who cared about me. When you're Jesus to somebody, usually there's some suffering involved with it. Right? But the joy that comes with it. It's amazing. Look, we got to count the cost. That's what Paul was telling the Thessalonians. You got to count the cost. We don't start building a tower without figuring out how much the materials and the labor is going to cost. Are you going to get about half that tower built? You're going to run out of money, and it's going to be sad and embarrassing for you. Half tower guy. Right? That's embarrassing. You got a whole monument to your stupidity. Right? Or to your lack of planning, at least. You got to count the cost. That's why Paul was so badly wanting to hear about the progress of the Thessalonians. He wanted to know had they counted the cost. When he told them what it was going to be like, had they counted the cost, were they really prepared to face difficulties? And he was so overjoyed to find that they were still following Christ. You probably can't tell, but uh, I don't run a lot. (laughs) But I have run some in the past, believe it or not. And when I decide to run a certain distance, sometimes I start running, and somewhere in the the course of that run, I start to think to myself, maybe I'd like to run a shorter distance than the distance that I set out to run. Maybe I'd like to do a little bit less, not go all the way as far as I said I wanted to run. And that starts to sort of creep in. Maybe I should slow down, maybe I should stop, let's walk for a while, whatever it is. But I've committed to myself to run that distance, and I know that if I finish, I'm going to be glad that I finished well, and I push through that difficult part, that difficult part of that run. For those of you who have done a lot of running, you know that feeling I'm talking about, where you want to stop, but you know that you've committed to run a certain distance, and you'll be glad that you finished well. That is what we must do as believers. We must not believe that no suffering will come because it will. But we must be committed to finishing the race because of the prize that's before us in Jesus Christ our King. He who we get now and for eternity. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me 
the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. This is the guy who Hunter earlier was reading the verse. that said he was the chief of sinners, persecuting the church, not just persecuting people. Literally, the people he chose to persecute were Christ followers, specifically. The chief of sinners. And here he has a crown of righteousness laid up for him, not because of his own strength, but because he lived his life in the power of the Holy Spirit and was able to deal with the suffering that came as a result of that and finish the race and kept the faith. And that's what I want for you. That's, what, that's all I want for you and for me, that we'll get to that place and we'll hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into your father's joy. That's all I want. If I had nothing else in life, to know that you had that, that I had that, would be more than I could express. Paul himself expressed that he had life, life because of the faithfulness of the Thessalonian church, that they were able to be faithful in the midst of suffering and persecution because the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives gave him life. And I can tell you as your pastor, there's no doubt that the same is true for me in ways that you do not know. When I see you grow through suffering and stay faithful, it's life to me. When I see that God has used something that I've done or suffered through or whatever to build you up, it's life to me. When I see that you're faithful, that you're true, that, you, that your life is moving more towards Jesus, it's life to me. And for you, for each other, I mean, what has God given us more than building each other up, than looking to the body of Christ and letting us build each other up? I love you, and I'm built up by you. Hopefully, you're built up by me. I have some great encouragers here at Acts Church, starting with the elders, the deacons, the staff, and so many others of you who take the time to encourage me and to build me up. And I hope that you are also built up by those same people and by me and that you're building each other up. Because when Paul's talking about, look, when I found out that you were still faithful, oh, it's like living. It's amazing. In 2008, according to the Medical Expenditure Panel Survey, I know you've all read that, so you're probably, I'm probably repeating this. But about 100 million adults in the United States, we're afflicted by chronic pain. Chronic pain, not one-time pain, chronic pain. And all told, when you count everything, the cost of the pharmaceuticals and hospitalizations and lost work and missed wages and all, this, all the, the cost of pain in the United States annually back in 2010, it's probably more now, was 560 to $635 billion. It's more than I make in a week. I mean, it's a lot more than I make in a week. It's a lot of money. We spend a lot of money. It costs a lot of money. Pain, suffering, it costs a lot of money. It's not fun. It's suffering, right? We know it's not fun because if it was fun, it wouldn't be called suffering, it would be called fun. Makes sense. This is my logic working. Look, I run from pain like the next person, okay? God is teaching me how to sometimes lean into suffering for his name's sake how to sometimes be able to lean into suffering to grow my faith. And he'll, and he'll show you how to stay faithful in suffering too. Paul suffered so much, so much more than I have. 
But then I look at how many will have eternal life in Jesus Christ because of how God used Paul's suffering. We're literally reading what he wrote today, 2,000 years later. His suffering has done so much, and eternally, the weight of glory that was built up through his suffering, I think we can guess it's pretty, pretty heavy. Suffering is being like Jesus, who suffered for us. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. He endured the suffering. Why? For the joy that was set before them. Is there a joy set before you? Do you have a hope in Jesus, in eternal life, in all of that? Is that joy set before you? Because if it is, you can endure the shame, the pain, the suffering, the persecution, as he did. And has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. When you're suffering, when you're dealing with difficulty, when someone hates you, when your friend is dying, when you're going through it, consider Jesus Christ. Consider him. Before you become discouraged in your soul, consider that he suffered and went through it because of the joy set before him, that we don't just live for what's here and now in this earth that we live for an eternal kingdom. You know inside your heart that you're eternal. You know that. You're here because you know that whether you're a believer or whether you're a skeptic and you're checking this out, whether you're trying to see what it's all about, somewhere inside you, you know that you're eternal, that you are not just a meat sack that's gonna die and take a dirt nap and worms are gonna eat you and then the circle of life, you know, that, that's, you wanna finish it? Well, we'll get to that afterwards. You know that. You know that there's so much more. And so when you think about that and you recognize that this is about eternity, that this is a long game, it's a long thing, it's no game, it's easier to have joy set before you. It's easier to have the joy set before you. Anxiety, depression, physical pain, death, poverty, prisons, hospitals, refugee camps, places of pain. We don't have to look far to find pain. In this fallen world, there is pain everywhere, but suffering helps us keep our priorities straight, and this at least one way. When we are in pain and we are suffering, at least for me, my guess is it's true for you, it forces us to focus on Jesus. When things are going really well, I don't know if you've noticed this in your own life, but when things are going really well and you don't have to worry about paying the bills this month because that extra thing came in and, and, and you're doing this and you're going on vacation or whatever, it's a lot harder to, to, to need to press into Jesus. But that little tiny headache comes and you're on your knees. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus saved me from this headache. Right? Suffering focuses us on God sometimes. It keeps our priorities straight. Listen, I pray that you will count the cost. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I'm not going to tell you that it's all lollipops and unicorns. I'm going to tell you that it's so much more than that. You could be the most famous reality TV star in the world and have all the money and the fame and people love you and think you're amazing. 
And you could be another tragedy like Robin Williams, who had all of that and ended his own life. Because I'm telling you right now, person after person after person has proven that getting all the things that the world says are valuable is never, never, never been enough to satisfy the soul. Or you could deal with the fact that you might be hated by some, not by me, not by those in this room, but you might be hated for some. You might suffer some persecution. You might suffer in general, but that there's a weight of glory being built through that suffering and that Jesus is standing before you through it. And that there's also an incredible amount of joy and community and faith and hope and love and encouragement and all the things that come along with loving Jesus Christ. It's about being real. It's about facing what's something real. So if you're not a believer, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, there's suffering. There's pain. I'm sure that if you choose not to follow Christ, you'll never experience pain. Right? It's coming either way. You might as well be building you a weight of glory instead of just building you more pain. But that loving Jesus and having that relationship with him is, is so much greater than all of it. It's like that baby that gets born and you forget about those labor pains. When you know Jesus, when you look at him, the pain seems to fade away. So I pray that you'll count the cost, you'll hope for the glorious joy that comes with following Jesus Christ. It's much more amazing, much more amazing than you could ever imagine for those of you who don't know him. We may not be winners according to the world system. Nobody really is. I don't know why you'd want to be, but we've already won. We've already won. For those of you who don't understand that, who don't understand what it means to have victory in Jesus, who doesn't, who doesn't understand what it, means to, what it means to say that we're more than conquerors, that Jesus has already won, that he's already defeated death and hell and sin, and that there will come a time where there's no more pain and no more suffering, but we're going through this time where Christ is being patient, where God is being patient so that people will come into the kingdom. If that's you and he's calling you in, come in because we're ready to be done. We need everybody in that Jesus can come back and that we can experience the fullness of that weight of glory that's been built up. Eternal life to enjoy God our Savior, both now and forever. Yep, suffering. Yep, pain. Paul was telling the the Thessalonians that. Yep, you're going to experience it. Because he told them up front and didn't lie about it, when it came, they were able to not only endure it, but endure it with love and peace and patience, kindness, the fruits of the Spirit, and what a joy it was to him, and what a joy it is to us when we see each other go through it. So I just want to encourage you, if you're suffering, and some of you are, some of you just come out of some suffering, some of you are going into some suffering, some of you are in the middle of some suffering, all I want to do is encourage you that while God does allow us to suffer in this fallen world, you can stay strong in your faith as the psalmist did. You can trust him, look to him, trust him. I'm not saying he's going to make you feel Super better right this second because of it. I'm saying that you are going to have joy that is deeper than feeling that will build you up in him. Are you suffering? Are there things going on in your life that make it hard to keep going? Well, the answer is Jesus. And as Pastor David taught us, Jesus won't necessarily make it all go away, but he will help you find peace and joy. And if we can help you in any way to make that life-changing decision for Christ, call us at 360-885-9000. Or come see us at Axe Church in Vancouver, Washington. 
Get easy directions and all the info you need at axchurchnw.org. We'd love to help you find life. Well, that wraps up our time for today. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll check out the next episode for more great Bible teaching with Pastor David Robinson here on Contemplate.